Well, hello. It's lovely to have you here with me on this The Talking Dogs podcast. I'm the dog father. Well, my real name's Graham Hall, but the dog father's what I go by when I'm travelling the country, helping owners with their dog behavioural problems. So you might see me doing what I do on Telly's dogs behaving very badly. As I'm sure you can imagine, I've seen a lot during my 10 years on the job, which is why I'm now using everything I know to help you on this podcast, because it's so important to me that you feel able to enjoy your dog rather than it all sort of turning into a horrible, stressful experience. Now, if you have caught me on the telly, uh, you'll know I take pride in my appearance. You'd be hard-pushed to find me leaving the house without my waistcoat, I can tell you that much. Uh, And you might just want to take as much interest in your dog's appearance as I do in mine. So today I want to tackle some of the problems that you might come up against when you're trying to groom your dog. Let's start with Elaine, who wants to make sure her pup's nails are trimmed. Hi, Graham. We've got a 17-week-old Rhodesian Ridgeback puppy who absolutely hates having his nails clipped. Um, We've tried it with regular nail clippers and with a grinder just to sand them down. When he was younger, we could get away with distracting him with treats like cheese. So one person feeds him a piece of cheese while the other person clips a nail. And we got away with that. Um, And we know it isn't hurting him because he doesn't actually notice when you do actually get one of his nails. So it's obviously just the thought of it. Anyway, now he's a bit bigger and stronger. We can't use that tactic anymore he just wriggles out of our grasp and and we just can't do it last week just the sight of the nail clippers he he saw them and he ran away to his crate and stayed there for the evening obviously we didn't go to his crate and do it there because that's his safe space um we really want to get this sorted without having to pay the vet or the groomer because it needs to be done weekly really so it could get really expensive but it's pretty painful when he jumps up or accidentally gets a paw in your face so it's something that we'd really like to get sorted thanks very much well, yeah, you've got quite a problem there, Elaine, haven't you? Um, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. <laughs> it doesn't like you messing with these nails. A couple of things spring to mind there. Um, I'm not so sure that you need to be doing it every week. I was a bit surprised by that. So I think getting him used to it is a good thing. And for that, you might need to do it quite quite frequently. We'll talk about that in a sec. But I think, yeah, generally, you should need to. Now, here's a little tip. If you, if you are struggling with keeping your dog's nails down, they tend to sort of wear away quite readily when, when they're walking on pavement. So, you know, dogs love to run on grass and all the rest of it. And what dog doesn't like to get muddy, right? But a bit of walking on pavement is good for them. And it, it, it's good for their pads. They sort of harden up. They scrub away at the their nails and if you're lucky you might never need to clip them with Axel and Gordon my two rotties we, we had to do quite a bit of sort of along the pavement until we got to the field where uh, where I lived and I'd, I'd never clipped their uh, nails all their lives uh, after they were puppy sort of got them used to it uh, and then actually found I didn't need to so let's answer your problem uh, I understand what you're saying you don't want to be uh, relying on the groomer all the time groomers are just in the swing of it they usually find a great way of doing it so if you are struggling and it's just once every I don't know, a few months or something, then that's maybe not a bad option. You mention nail clippers and grinders. I think there's no right and wrong answer to that. The, the clippers are sort of quick and easy, aren't they? But they create that bit of vibration, and some dogs just like, they just they just hate that sort of clack, you know. Um, whereas the grinder, if you've got a dog that's really noise sensitive, that's going to sort of set them off every time. But it sounds like you're having a bit of a battle on trying to hold him to keep him still. I reckon... 
you might have got it a bit wrong to start with. It sounds like one of you done a rugby tackle and <laughs> nailed him down. I might be exaggerating this a bit. Um, and then the other one's sort of done the business and now he's learned that he's stronger and he doesn't have to put up with that. So a better way to do it is to keep it purely positive. So initially, with a little puppy, what I'd do is, whatever the tool is you're going to use, let's say some clippers, uh, I'd, I'd bring the clippers out and go, clippers? And he goes, oh, interesting, because he doesn't know what they are. They're not going to do him any harm as far as he's concerned. And you go, oh, good boy. And then maybe a little little treat something tiny one little piece of his kibble or something like that would do so and you let him sniff him and then you put him away and then a bit later on you bring him out again you go, look at that he has a little sniff you go oh, good boy there you go and he starts to go right i don't know what those things are but they seem like good news to me then it's a case of just extending it so that then you you perhaps sort of take him down to his paws you know touch his paw with it pick his paw up lift it you know and if he just lets you good boy you know and all that and you can see i'm breaking this down into tiny stages and then you, you maybe just touch his claw with it and then finally you clip one go oh, good lad and 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 so you build it up in in lots of little ways i suspect you might have just made this sort of negative association with yours where he's kind of gone if those things come out there's going to be a wrestling match and it's all going to be a bit stressy so any little bit of food will do to sort of reward the good behavior so don't think in terms of distracting him away the timing of it is really that that little bit of food tiny bit of cheese might work even will reward the moment of a good behavior Good behaviour, basically not reacting, you know, to the clippers. So you're making that positive association. You can do that if there's only one of you as well, because you're just building it up. So he's, he's willingly going to go bring the clippers out, do that all day long. It's great. Um, how can you tell if it's if it's hurting your dog? They'll usually let you know. It does sound like in the case of yours, there's no sort of big yelping going on or anything like that. I think he just doesn't like the process. It was, to be honest, I know what it's like, because as a kid, it was like that with my mum. Sunday night was bath night. We had to have a bath whether we liked it or not. Uh, <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> you had to go to school clean on a Monday morning. And it was that was the night when it was it was nails. So my mum used to do our nails, you know. And I used to hate it. It was just like, because it's that clack, clack. It didn't really hurt, but it's just that I know what they're feeling. It's just that, mm, it just feels a bit unnatural. So it's just a case of getting them used to it, really. So, Elaine, in conclusion, you clearly don't want it to be a great big fight with your with your Rhodesian Ridgeback. That's not going to end well for anybody. Um, I think you don't need to be doing it every week unless there's a problem there. But by all means, check with a vet. But during that time, you can reset things by just creating those positive associations. And if there's one thing that big dogs like Ridgebacks like, it's a bit of food. Shell is struggling with grooming too, and it's brushing her dog that's the issue for Shell. She's emailed me to say, any advice would be much appreciated on how I'm able to comb my dog in between her grooms. She's a Shih Tzu, uh, and she's got very soft hair, which seems to mat easily. I've tried to comb her since she was a pup at eight weeks old, which is great. She's now one, one years old, and she's she's got progressively worse. It's as though I'm hurting her, which I'm not. Sometimes I don't even have the comb touching her when she reacts. Hmm. Now, she allows me to do it for less than a minute, uh-huh, handy, before she starts to cry and growl and she makes a generally unhappy noise. It's the same when I have to dry her paws with a towel after she's come in from a, from a walk. So, first things first, well, well done for, for trying when she was little 
metal and getting used to it then. There's no, there's no sort of substitute for that. You sent me a video as well, and I was watching it. So sure enough, eight, nine, ten seconds, it's like, well, this is great. It's nothing to see, you know. And there's a lady grooming a dog. 20 seconds or so, and a bit more on, she starts to grumble, doesn't she? And she sort of turns into this, like, mini Chewbacca character. <laughs> and then the next thing, you know, she's having a sort of pretend nip at you. Now, while she wasn't reacting, you weren't saying very much, but I did see a little bit, or I heard a little bit of, like, you know, good girl. But then you really start the good girls when she starts to growl. Now, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? It's, it's a classic thing to do, because we mean, please be a good girl instead. But she's hearing good girl, of course, as she's growling, and, and it gets more and more. So the more she growls, the more you say good girl, the more you say good girl, the more she growls. <laughs> So I don't think it's entirely that she's pretending to be unhappy in order to get the praise, although that is possible with dogs. But I do think the one thing we've got is that she's great to start with and you're grooming her away. You could slow down the movements a little bit as well, Shell. You're quite quick, but you could slow it down a bit and then stop at, let's say, 15 seconds. If you know you've got about, let's say, 20 seconds, stop at 15, go, right, that's that, end off, good girl, that's fine. And then a bit later, you know, watch a programme on the telly. Um, there's one in particular I could highly recommend. And then come back to her and go a little bit more, a bit more. And we're desensitising her then. So you're getting her used to it without sort of forcing the issue. And that applies to basically any dog behaviour problem where you, you can say to yourself, I can get away with it for a certain amount of time and then it all goes wrong. So, OK, well, let's bank that good behaviour that we've got and do it again and again and again. I think this sort of begs a few questions, actually, about, you know, how, how often should we be brushing our dog's coat and all that kind of thing. So now, listen, I'm not an expert groomer, uh, but I've been around dogs for many, many years and, and work with virtually every breed you can think of. And there's a clue. I think they're all very different, the breeds. I did meet a guy once with a Rottweiler. I asked him how often he groomed his dog or how often he washed his dog as well in particular. Uh, and he said, well, I take him, I take him for a walk and it rains, doesn't it? <laughs> and that was it. And I suppose, to some extent, that's nature's way. Now, you might get away with that if you've got a short-haired breed of dog who hasn't got an undercoat, more on that in a sec, and your sense of smell's not particularly keen, <laughs> let's just say. But for lots of dogs, they'll get terribly matted, and it can be very painful for them. And it's it, it, it sort of clearly, you know, we, we as humans, we've bred into our domestic dogs the inability to look after themselves the way nature intended once upon a time, I suppose, is the truth. So there are different kinds of brushes available for different dogs. Your dog might have like a single layer of hair or sometimes an undercoat, which is kind of thicker. It's like the insulation, and then the long hairs stick out beyond. So Rottweilers, for example, since I've mentioned them, they can have either kind of coat. Sometimes you need a very fine brush that sort of digs out the, some of the undercoat, particularly in the summer, so that they can, uh, uh, so they're not too warm. Have a little look for all those different kinds of things. But whatever kind of brush you're going for, you've got to get them used to it bit by bit and used to them being handled as well there is nothing like sort of picking up the dog's paws and all that sort of thing when they're little but not making a big deal of it it's just going to be oh we picked up a paw that was good and another one that was good and that's it for now don't overdo it and then just repeat little and often 
Now, one of the ways of doing it is to make a positive association with, with whatever the tool is. So we were talking about clippers before, and now we're talking about brushes. But we don't want the dog to play around with the brush in the manner of a sort of toy that they would throw around and, you know, like, whoa, whoopee-doo, you know, you'll have teeth marks all over it. They'll hurt themselves on it because it's not designed to be to be bitten. But we want them to go, oh, brush comes out, that's a nice thing. And they associate that with... Uh, you know, maybe getting a stroke from your hand as well as maybe a treat and certainly the nice tone of voice, the smiley face, the yeah, everything's fine, you know. If you contrast that with what often happens, which is the first time a puppy's seen a brush, we've got a person who's looking anxious because they've never done it before, with this weird-looking tool the dog's never seen, and then there's this tugging on the hair, and, and, and you know, God forbid it would, would actually pull the hair and maybe catch a knot, you know, and you're going, you will be brushed, you know. And it's all bad. So you want the opposite of that for your dog. So start early, little and often, and don't even think about brushing your dog with the brush to start with. Like I mentioned about the clippers before, the brush comes out, dog goes, there's a brush, it's no big deal, I'm fine with that. In fact, it's a good thing. Now, Shell, you also mentioned the issue with trying to dry uh, your dog's paws with a towel after a wet walk and I, I know they can be an absolute nightmare if your dog comes running in from the house shaking themselves all over the carpet and the furniture and elderly parents as we're recording this there's a, there's a bit of rain drumming on the the, the roof uh, that's the weather isn't it um, we live in England it's an island and there's plenty of rain so it stands the reason we, we need to get a dog's used to sort of coming in from wet and, and I think there's a routine now here's the thing I would go through the same routine even when it's not wet so dog comes in if you're lucky enough to have a utility room or something or a back entrance where you know that's where the tiles are let's say use that entrance i would say every time so you go out for what you come in there's a towel on the floor that that was there anyway they walk in and the key to this is just keep everything nice and calm it's like come in it's like you're not getting out of it until we've done this but in a nice, steady way. So Lily, uh, my rescue dog, so she's a, a cross between a Labrador and a Boxer. Now, the Boxer side of her makes her a bit bonkers. If you've ever had a Boxer, you'll know what I mean. They never quite grow up. And I don't think she'd been too used to having a paw's handle. So she she did that thing. You'd try and pick up a paw and she'd pull it away from you, you know. And it wasn't painful or anything. It was just like, don't do that. It's weird. What are you doing, weirdo? So I had to just go back to basics and just touch a paw with the, uh, the, you know, the towel and then bit by bit but i did it every time we came in for a walk because if you wait until the days that are rainy even though it seems like it's raining all the time here it probably isn't i mean how often does it rain 20 30 percent of the time so you might as well go through a bit of practice every single time you bring the dog in Another dog owner trying to keep their dog nice and clean is Joanna. I made that sound like there's only three in the, in the country, didn't I? <laughs> um, she wrote to me to say, my new rescue dog, Danny, won't let me brush his teeth. Uh, I've been trying to slowly introduce him to get his teeth brushed and he watches me brush my other dog's teeth. Now, Danny just won't let me, which is frustrating as he's a cute underbite uh, and I don't want him to have bad teeth. If you're not sure what an underbite is, it's, when the, it's like the bottom set sticks out more. Like that. I always imagine that a dog with an underbite talks like that. Hello, mate. <laughs> um, 
So, I digress. Do we need to be brushing our dog's teeth? Well, yes and no. So the first thing is, and you know, I'm not a, a qualified vet, so I've done well to ask all these questions of my mate Julian Norton, the Yorkshire vet, who was on the podcast a little time ago. But sort of common sense applies. If you go back far enough, um, the way you know dogs and canine species brush their teeth in the wild, they, they clearly don't have toothbrushes and toothpaste. But they're sort of, you know, of course, as we know, they're predators, they kill animals, and they, or they eat what they find. And their teeth are being brushed by the sort of the bone and all the, the, the crunchy bits, basically. So depending on what you're feeding your dog, the food itself may be going a long way to keeping uh, the teeth of your dog clean through that sort of natural abrasion. So in particular, you know, dry food is, is kind of quite good for that because it creates that crunchy effect. And of course, you can get dental chews um, as well. So it's very important to keep dogs' teeth clean. It can lead to problems in older age, but it may or may not be entirely necessary. I, I was feeding the two Rotties, Axel and Gordon, on raw food going back uh, many years, you know, 12, 14 years now. And that was all sort of, in those days, you couldn't get the pre-prepared stuff so much. It was sort of chicken carcasses and things like that. And their teeth stayed really 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 nice and clean so if you've got a rescue dog you've inherited their state of dental hygiene as it is haven't you so you you may decide that you you want to do some cleaning a toothbrush is indeed of course one way to do it um, and it's a kiss really for some getting them used to it if they've never seen a, a, a doggy toothbrush before you don't want to just go you know riving in there and you know you will have your teeth brushed whether you like it or not that's going to end badly and you are by its very nature right in front of the pointy end and sharp end of a dog so be very careful if you don't know that dog so well introduce them bit by bit i'd start with the toothpaste actually there's a difference between dog toothpaste and human toothpaste and and the biggest one is that that human toothpaste, you can you, you can pretty much train us to spit it out. Right? It's not designed to be swallowed, whereas all dog toothpaste needs to be able to be swallowed because your dog just will, won't they? And I'm not bad as a dog trainer, but I probably couldn't train your dog to spit uh, after, after you brush their teeth. Although, if I ever manage it, you bet, bet your bottom dollar it'll be on the telly. I actually went off to Google to have a look at the eight best dog toothpastes in 2021. It's amazing what you can find in it. It's an article that was written uh, at the back end of 2020, mind you. And uh, without mentioning any names, we're just whizzing through them. The best overall one, free affirming agents. Uh, you can see why that's important, because you don't want your dog to go, well, well, this is weird. Toothpaste is safe for dogs, of course, that's important, to ingest, there you go, and has a tasty chicken flavour they will love. Right, we all think in terms of toothpaste we associate toothpaste with minty flavor quite why we arrived at mint as a herb that was fresh i don't know but we did but for dogs that's just not natural it's like mint really you know i'm sure they can eat it but um it's toothpaste doesn't have to be minty and if you want them to accept it and think oh this is good news if it tastes a chicken well great going down the list um some of them have got uh, oh, i see aloe vera all sorts of things in there and enzymes which are designed to to dissolve the bad bacteria and leave the good bacteria to uh, to flourish. There are toothpaste out there that are uh, organic, by the way, if that's important to you. Very good. Uh, with, you know, food-grade ingredients, which you would expect, again, because they might swallow it. And I've seen one or two, and this was an American site, um, and there's reference to sort of whitening teeth, and it's all a bit Californian, really. Uh, it, 
I'm not a fan. You, you don't need to be whitening your dog's teeth. Um, I did a bit of teeth whitening myself, actually, because my dentist said they get a little bit, a little bit yellow. So I, I haven't gone for the full-on, the, the, the full sort of Essex boy look. <laughs> but what I noticed was when, when I was using the stuff that the dentist gave me, it made my teeth a bit sensitive, and he'd, he'd warned me of that. The thing is, with a dog, you never know, do you? You, you could be putting something on their teeth that was making their teeth sensitive and they're not able to sell you you're not able to say oh we'll use a bit of sensitive um you know the sensitive tooth toothpaste so i have for lots of reasons just yeah let's not go down that route of of um, teeth whitening for dogs just keep them clean that's all you need and there are some toothpaste as well that are designed just you could use your finger so if the brush itself, the toothbrush itself, is a deal for your dog, it's a big deal, it's bad news, um, you can just use your finger just to rub a little bit in and, and you know, quite funny actually, because they're licking around, and like, oh, I think I've got a bit of chicken around my teeth. Now, Joanna, you sent me a video as well of you, um, well, chasing Danny all around the room pretty much with <laughs> toothbrush <laughs> i shouldn't laugh should i um but it is quite funny so it starts off you, i know where you're coming from because you don't want to force it on him so big green tick for that but what's happening is you look a little bit like you're waving this magic wand at him he's like what the hell are you doing mum and then as you sort of push it towards him he's like no when he turns his face away and so the more you do it he turns away and then in the end he's like <laughs> he's going from one dog bed to the next with you chasing after him waving this brush um nothing about that is convincing him that this is a good thing <laughs> if i was danny i'd be thinking every time mum gets hold of one of those in her hand she just turns into this wicked witch of the west with <laughs> waving the thing around here's how i would do it right get a bit of toothpaste that tastes nice right forget the brush for the moment get a dab of it on your finger and go oh what's this right particularly if you do it when he's hungry if it's before dinner time you know and he's like oh, no, you know i'd eat a scabby donkey me and you go oh, what's this on my finger he goes lick 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 oh 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 that's nice right and then a bit more a bit more and then you let him have his dinner and that's that and the next day and you could do that different times through the day so so you'll begin to go oh that tube thing that tube thing that's where it comes from and then you'll start to make that positive association again you see there's a theme to this podcast isn't there it's all about making positive associations with these things he then starts to go right i like that stuff right and then the next stage you let him see that you're squirting some of that toothpaste onto the brush so he's like right okay and then just hold the brush let him come to the brush don't chase him around the living room with the brush right so he comes forward and goes yeah okay maybe i'm wary of this brush but i quite like the chicken flavored toothpaste he goes lick 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 you go good lad and that's it and that's all you do the first time do that a few times before you know it he'll be going i can't wait to get that brush thing in my mouth and then all you need to do is just slowly start to introduce you know the brushing motion bit by bit so break it down into stages get him used to the taste get him to appreciate that's a good thing do it with your finger then introduce the brush let him come to the brush and then and only then start brushing him and don't chase him around the living room
Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some of that helpful. Uh, now, listen, I really want to hear about your dog and any problems that you might be having with them. So uh, are you convinced you've tried everything? Might feel like you have. I might have another idea. So do send me a voice note. That's the best way to do it. Send it by email to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. Uh, and, you know, could be answering your question next week. I'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And that way we can always meet up again very soon for some more dog-related chit-chat. You can always say hello to me on Instagram as well. That's at dogfather.graham in the meantime. Uh, Graham, by the way, G-R-A-E-M-E. Till then, look after yourselves, your loved ones and, of course, your dogs. <laughs>